All right, so Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. It's going to be on the screen if you want to follow that way. It says this. It says, Then we turned our back and headed for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord had told me. And we traveled around the hill country of Seir. Seir was a mountain, okay, Mount Seir, for many days. The Lord then said to me, this is good right here. You've been traveling around this hill country long enough. Amen. Everybody say, it's been long enough. Been long enough. Hallelujah. <laughs> Melissa started talking about you are more than enough and I, you, you know all that kind of stuff. We've been traveling around this hill country. You've been going around this mountain long enough. And the Lord says, turn north. Everybody say, turn north. All right, next one there. Command the people, you are about to travel through the territory of your brothers, the descendants of Esau, who lived in Seir. They will be afraid of you, so you must be very careful. Don't fight with them, for I will not give you any of their land, not even an inch of it, because I have given Esau, the hill country of Seir, as his possession. You may purchase food from them with silver, so that you may eat and buy water from them to drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through the immense wilderness. The Lord your God has been with you the past 40 years, and you have lacked nothing. Say, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Hallelujah. Okay, so if you're taking notes this morning, the title of today's message is, It's Been Long enough. It's been long enough. Come on, how many of you already can agree to that? <laughs> it's been long enough, all right? I've been journeying down in this wilderness for long enough. It is over. Those days are over in Jesus' name. I've been battling this situation long enough. That situation is over, effective today. Today is the date. It expires in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. amen. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, for teaching us something today. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you are right here in our midst. And just as Susan prayed just a few moments ago about how thankful we are for your presence here. We're so grateful for your presence. Lord, we long to be in your presence. It's so important. It's an important place we can be is right here in your midst. So we thank you, Father God, for being here with us. And Lord, today we receive this word, Father. We grab a hold of it by faith. We take it by faith. And we thank you, Lord God, that you're going to do a work within us, Father, according to your word. We receive it now. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to someone and say, Today is your day to recover. Turn to someone else and say, Today is your day to recover. Now look back at them and say, It's been long enough. All right, look at somebody across the room and tell them it's been long enough. Hallelujah. Listen, church, <coughs> if you feel like you're down or you've been down, okay, in any way, shape, or form because of a situation or whatever it may be recently or today or in this past season or whatever it may be, the good news is today is that you can get right back up in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can get right back up. 
You know, a lot of people don't, don't believe that they can get up, but you can get up. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, there's hope for your tomorrow despite whatever season you may be in and whatever you may be going through because we serve a good God who cares for his children. Hallelujah. He cares for us. And I'm telling you, the Lord said today that this is the day that some of you are officially getting up again. Hallelujah. Come on. But not just getting up, but you're going to stay up. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody say amen. Someone say, I receive it. Hallelujah. So at this point in Scripture, in Deuteronomy chapter 2, we know that this follows, and it's, it's, we're still there in this moment, but it's following this journey of, of the Israelites. God's chosen people through this wilderness season, okay? They came out of Egypt. They got rescued. They've been going through the wilderness for almost 40 years, okay? They've been journey, journeying on this process. And here we are in Deuteronomy chapter 2, and it's been just over 38-some years, okay? Um, they were there long, you know, for, they were there for, you know, long amount of reasons. You know, you, there's a whole list of them. Uh, but I'm going to mention just a few today. First, uh, the reason why they were in the wilderness so long is because there was unbelief in the camp. They got to the wilderness, and what should have been a few days' journey ended up being a several years' journey. Why? Because there was unbelief that was there in their camp. And so it took all of these years for God to deal with their unbelief. Oh, my Lord. You know, and all of us face times of doubts. We face times of unbelief. You know, a lot of times in church we put doubt and unbelief together, right? We say, you got you to gotta get rid of doubt and unbelief. Well, really, doubt and unbelief are two different things. They're not the same, okay? What is doubt? Simply put, listen, you need to write this down because I think this will really help you. Doubt is this. Doubt is an invitation to sink your faith. That's what doubt is. Doubt is an invitation to sink, sink, all right, under your faith. The, the enemy wants to put doubt on you so that your faith can diminish, okay? That's what, that's, what, that's what doubt is. That's what doubt does to you, all right? But when it comes to doubt and unbelief, you got to rebuke the enemy and remind the enemy who your allegiance is to, Amen? So when you're dealing with unbelief, not believing, okay, simply that's it, just not believing, you, that's, the enemy wants to come in and put unbelief, wants to stir up unbelief in your heart. That's when you have to remind the enemy, no, 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 I belong to him. I'm a child of the Most High God, okay? He's rescued me from past situations. Guess what, enemy? He's going to rescue me again. I don't have any unbelief. I've got belief in my Father. I've got belief in the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And, you know, you've got to make up your mind because, you know, the Bible says His ways are not our ways. And you've you got to make up your mind to be okay with that. You know, it's not always easy. We want things done our way and, and how we want it. But you've got to understand that the Bible says His ways are not our, our ways, but the Bible also says that His ways are perfect. 
So why are you trying to deal with it the way you want to do it and with your own way? Your own way is not perfect, but God's way is. You may not like how the process is of his way, but his way is perfect. Hallelujah. How many of you are grateful that when you went through all of the messes that you went through, he was faithful to you? Hallelujah. And that he kept showing you mercy. Praise God. Mercy. Hallelujah. We thank you for his grace, his mercy, his goodness, his hallelujah, all those things. Amen. Because it's what brought us out of all of the messes that we were in. Praise the Lord. So listen, staying down in any form of unbelief is a threat to your future. If you're going to stay down in any form of unbelief, it's a threat to your future. This is why you can't stay down. Okay? Your only option is to get back up when life hits you. I know I don't I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like getting back to it. I don't feel like, you know, getting back on my feet again. That is your only option as a believer. You got to get back up. Amen. Hallelujah, because the enemy would love for you to stay down, down and out, in sadness, in sorrow, in despair, in discouragement, right? Uh, whatever, you name it. That's exactly how, what the enemy would love for you to do. Now, there's another reason besides unbelief that the Israelites had to wait this long, okay, and had to go through this process this long. And... Um, that was because that there was a process occurring, okay? I mentioned it last week. Remember we started talking about the GPS, okay? We started talking about how a GPS, when you make the wrong turn or make the wrong mistake, it will recalculate for you, right? Hallelujah. So, you know, GPSs are great because it will get you from point A to point B if you don't know how to get to point B. Okay, you're at point A. That's solved. That's easy. But you got to get to point B. So those that thing on your phone or whatever it may be will take you from where you're at to where you're going. Come on now. All right. But if you, not because it told you to, but if you make the wrong turn, if you make a mistake, if you go the wrong direction, thankfully the GPS will recalculate your route for you. Hallelujah. Isn't it great that you don't have to make the wrong turn and then say, oh man, now, I've, now I'm off course, I've lost track, I'm not going to get to my destination. You can just trust in the GPS that it is going to recalculate your route and still get you to where you're going. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. And it does it automatically. Automatically. And that's the great part about it. And so listen, you may have missed some opportunities, but today the Lord is saying that He is recalculating things. Come on. And that He is returning you supernaturally on the journey and on the path that you're supposed to be on. Even though you felt all was at loss. Amen? Come on, how many of you received that today? But the biggest reason I believe that Israel stayed in the wilderness that long was because of this. They got used to it. They got used to the wilderness. They had unbelief. There was a process that had to occur. There's many things that were that the Lord had to sift out of them and take care of. But the biggest reason that they stayed in the wilderness so long is because they got used to the wilderness. Lord help us. Right? 
Lord help us. So if you're taking notes this morning, we're going to go right into that. Come on, it's been long enough, amen? It's been long enough. Three ways to get up and move forward. Three ways to get up and move forward. Number one is this. You got to know that you can possess. You got to know that you can possess. All right. Now, this is this is big right here. Possess what? Everything. Possess everything. You can possess everything. Hallelujah. All right. Now, in Exodus chapter 12, we're not going to go there, but you can just write it down for reference. In Exodus chapter 12, God is delivering the people and bringing them out of Egypt. But the biggest thing that he was bringing them out of was, listen, their slave mentality. <coughs> the Lord is our deliverer. He is our redeemer. He delivered them out of the hands of the Egyptians. He rescued them from Egypt. But the process of rescuing them wasn't just physically getting them out of Egypt, but was getting their mind out of Egypt. Oh, Lord. They had a slave mentality. They were in slavery, listen to me, some 400 years. That slavery mindset had been passed down to their children and their children's children and their children's children's children. Okay? All they knew at this point was, I'm a slave. We've always been slaves. This is what we'll always be. I am bound to my master, Egypt. That's all they knew. They didn't know anything different. And you see, it only took just a few days to get Israel out of Egypt. But listen, it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. Why is that? Why did it take that long in the wilderness to get Egypt out of Israel? Because when you're bound that long, you think you're a possession rather than a possessor. Oh, my God. You should have shouted so loud right there. When you are bound that long, you think that you are a possession rather than a possessor. Okay? God has created you to be a possessor. Possess a thing. Hallelujah. Come on. Take it by force. Amen. You can possess a thing. You are not a possession. Okay. And by the way, God has never looked at you like that either. Never has. Never will. You are not a possession of his. You are a child of his. Amen. And so you, you are looked at in the eyes of Jesus so different, okay, compared to what you may feel. And listen, there is not a the, the slave mentality when it comes to the kingdom of God, okay? We aren't, we aren't slaves, all right? After 38 years, God has enough and tells Moses in verse 3, you've been traveling on this road long enough, go north. Go north. I mean, can you imagine? They have been 
walking through this same hill country for all of these years, bound, not knowing which direction to go. Because they're so bound in their slave mentality, they even had at one point, the Israelites came and said to Moses, Moses, will you just please take us back to Egypt? They would rather be in Egypt than they would be heading towards the promised land. Now, they didn't like the process of the wilderness, but what they didn't understand, it wasn't that, that God wouldn't get them out of the wilderness, is that they couldn't get their head right. They couldn't get their thinking shifted and their thinking changed. All they thought was thoughts of a slave mentality. And so they were bound, listen, to the wilderness. How many of us are bound to wilderness seasons because of our mentality? Oh, Lord God, help us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I mean, seriously, though. I mean, we, we, we get so bound to what things, what, what things appear to be that we buy into that lie and we can't get out of the mess that we're in. Say, I've been praying. I've been doing this. I've fasted. I've done, I've done all these things, but I still can't get out of this mess. It's because of your mentality. Your mentality only knows the mess that you're in. It's stuck in the wilderness. And after all of these years, all God says is, go north. (laughs) Can you imagine when God told Moses that? Moses is like, wait a second. I've been dealing with these nuts, (laughs) these cuckoo heads. For all of these years, and all I had to do was just go north? You can only imagine this, you know, frustration, but, you know, a good kind of, I guess, frustration. This frustration that comes over Moses. Are you kidding me? Really, God? You couldn't have told me in the first year in this process that all I had to do is at this point start going north, but you allowed me to go around this mountain for 38 years? My God. You know, sometimes things with God is so much easier than the way we make them. We're like, God, what do I do? He's like, I already told you. He's like, just go north. (laughs) Right? Just take that step right there. It's been right in front of you the whole time. Like, how did I not see this? It's not that you didn't see it. It's because your mind was on something else. Your mind was still bound. And so he says, go north. You see, if you're not careful, you can go in the same circles for too long. I mean, really. You can go, you know, we, we call them cycles, but, but, but circles. You, if you're not careful, you can go through the same cycle, <laughs> the same circle over and over and over again. And, and be like, how in the world do I get out of this mess, Right? And it's like, wait, 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 just, just a year ago I was dealing with the same exact thing and here I'm at again. Holy God, help me. Right? And we go through these circles. And watch this. That circle becomes a pattern. It becomes a pattern of life, a pattern of thinking, a pattern of the way life is and always will be. Right? That pattern then becomes a mentality and then that mentality becomes an expectation. 
You don't want to be bound to the same circle and the same cycle. But eventually, after doing it for so long, that's all you expect. Man, what what a dangerous, like, lifeless, hopeless position to be in. You're not dying, and you're not dead. You're just not possessing. The Lord is saying that to Moses. <laughs> you ain't dying. You ain't dead, Moses. You just aren't possessing the land that I gave you, that I promised you. You're not going the right direction. You're stuck. The people are stuck in this mentality that hasn't been broken and brought up out of them. Listen, I want to tell you today, you're not dying. You're not dead. You just aren't possessing. You aren't possessing that healing. You aren't possessing that breakthrough. You aren't possessing that miracle. You're not possessing that freedom. Listen, you have got to possess it. you got to grab a hold of it and take it and say, this is mine in the name of Jesus. I don't have to deal with this any longer. I'm not going to be in this circle over and over and over again. I am breaking free and breaking loose. It's been long enough. It's been long enough. Hear me, church. You weren't created to sit in a church pew until you die. You were created by Father God to be a possessor. Life isn't just, oh, I got to go to church on Sunday and sit and receive some kind of word and then go do what I got to do. No, no, you were created to be a possessor. You can possess. You can possess, Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So number one, you got to know that you can possess. Number two is you got to get your mind free. Get your mind right. You got to get your mind free. Okay? You, you, you can't possess unless your mind is in the state of possession. No longer bound, but free. I once was blind, but now I see. Okay? It's beyond just a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Okay? You once were blind, spiritually speaking, couldn't see, didn't have hope, didn't have faith, but now you can see. Your eyes have been opened. Okay? Been opened to receive, to experience that hope that freedom, whatever it may be, all right? So you've got to get your mind free. Now, there's this old story, and some of you have heard it before, and it's just a, it's a real simple story. But there's this old story of a dog. A dog. And this dog was lived in the front yard of this house, and every day, the kids would be dropped off by the school bus right in front of this dog's house. And the dog, as soon as the kids would get out of the bus, the dog would start barking and barking and yipping and yapping and all that kind of stuff. And it would run as far as it can to try to get to the kids, only to be stopped by a chain. And every day... This dog went through the same situation 
it'd wait all day long for the bus to show up. And as soon as the bus pulled up, right, it's getting all excited. And the kids come out of the bus, and it thinks, today is my day, baby. To, uh, I'm going to get to go and see these kids. And it runs and runs and oh, gets stopped by the chain. Until one day. One day, the dog got so excited, the bus just pulled up, started barking. His tail started a wagon. The kids get out of the bus, and the dog takes off. Except for on this day, because it had happened for so many days, on this day, the chain finally gave up, and the chain broke. The dog ran and got to the same point where he got stuck every single day and stopped and just barked at the kids. The dog was still bound to something that no longer existed anymore. But because he was so used to stopping at the same point, he didn't have the mentality that I could keep moving forward. You see, in his mind, in this little dog's mind, he was still chained. Even though the chain had broke free. And there are some people in this room today or listening to this later that the enemy had you bound in chains for so long. But now that you're free, you have no idea how to express your freedom. Now that you're healed, you have no idea how to express your healing. Now that you've been set free, now that you've been marked, now that you've been redeemed, you have no way to express that. And God is saying to someone here today, I have broken the chain. I have broken the chain. You need to turn around and realize there is nothing that is holding me back any longer. I can be free. I can be healed. Hallelujah. Come on. I can walk in financial breakthrough. Hallelujah. I can receive the miracles of the Lord. I am not bound any longer. The Lord says there's no reason to be bound to limitations because I'm breaking Every limitation that you've set over your life today. The Lord says, I'm doing that. I'm breaking those limitations. All of the limitations that you have created. The ones that you have put together in your mind. And it's like a spider web of all kinds of scenarios and situations and worries and concerns and doubts and fears. And all of these kind of things that have made up how you operate and how you express yourself and how you exist. And you're right here right now. All of those limitations, God is saying, I am breaking those limitations off of you today. You can express your freedom. You can. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It's not a question. It is not a concern. It's not a what if or maybe. No, no. It is done, sealed, delivered. It's over. When Jesus said, it is finished, took his last breath, that was it. Not, not, not one other day do you have to be bound. Come on, somebody say Amen. Come on, somebody say, I receive it. Hallelujah. Can I help you this morning? The life you've lived and the life you're living now is not even the greatest life you've seen yet. 
the life that you've lived and the life that you're living now is not even the greatest life that you've lived yet. I believe that for you because God has so much more in store for you. I believe that. doesn't matter how young, how old, how experienced or inexperienced or how many situations you've gone through or whatever it may be, God has so much more for you. And if you're in this room, that's the truth. Amen? Because that's what I believe and that's what I believe the Lord has revealed unto us and has told me to tell you today. Because that is the truth. Hallelujah. If not, you would have been dead and wouldn't be here today. It would have been over. Your purpose would have ended upon this earth. But you have got so much more yet to do for the kingdom of God. Well, I don't know what to do. That's okay. You don't know. You don't have to know what to do. You just need to know that you've got more life to do. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But you have got to get your mind free. I want you to remember the story of the little doggy. I want you to remember that story. Because when the enemy tries to trap you and, and bind you down to things, right? And, and that freedom comes. You've got to remember that I have been set free. I, I don't have any chains holding me back any longer. Not a rope. Not even a thread. There is nothing that can prohibit me from moving forward onto my destiny. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So number one. Number one is that you got to know that you can possess. Number two, you got to get your mind free. But number three is this you got to make a move. You got to make a move. Not a dance move, but a move, okay? You've got to make a move. Now, God has helped you through this process. But it's your responsibility to get going. Okay? There comes a point in time when you've been set free. You know that you can possess, right? It's right there in front of you. But it's your responsibility to take your legs, pick them up, and walk forward. Right? God is not going to say, okay, now come on, pick up your feet. He's not going to do that. Okay? Because he's already brought you to this point. Now it's your job right to get moving and so you have got to make a move in John 5 there's this incredible story when we watched um I didn't I didn't personally watch all of it but we sat and watched some of the chosen series okay it was a pretty pretty good deal um pretty good show but one of the episodes that I that that I watched uh, in particular was uh, included the story of the pool of Bethesda Okay, and you know you you watch that and it was just you know a, re- a really great scene. Okay, really great part of of the show, but in John chapter five it talks about the pool of Bethesda, and there was a man that was stuck there. The Bible says for thirty eight years. I want you to catch this today. This is in the New Testament. This is when Jesus is walking upon the earth. The same amount of time that the man laid there waiting to receive his healing was the same amount of time in Deuteronomy chapter 2 that the Israelites had bound in Egypt, or bound in the wilderness, excuse me, 38 years. It was a prophetic symbolism of Israel's journey. God rescued and redeemed Israel, and now God, Jesus, in the form of Jesus, 
walks up to the man at the pool of Bethesda who had been there for, laying there for 38 years waiting to get inside of the waters first, had no opportunity, no chance because everybody would beat him or he was too slow or whatever it may be. He, would, he, had, he tried that for all of these years. It was a prophetic symbolism of what Israel went through. Being right there on the edge of the breakthrough, but yet couldn't get it. And this man, the Bible says, was a paralytic. He couldn't move. He couldn't move. And Jesus comes to him after 38 years. Now, it's important that you understand that, and actually in the chosen movie, the scene, the way that they laid it out, depicted this really well. You can go back and you'll catch it, okay? But at the pool of Bethesda, you must understand that there were five porches surrounding this pool, okay? Five is the number of grace. The Bible says that Jesus asks the man the question. Jesus did not walk up to the man and, and put his hand on him and say, be healed. That, that's not what Jesus did in this situation. He said to the paralytic, will thou be made whole? He asked him a question. He walked up to him and said, will thou be made whole? And you can only imagine the man sitting there saying, wait, why are you asking me if I can be made whole? When I'm in this situation and I've been laying here bound to this same problem for 38 years. My God. In other words, Jesus walks up to the man and says, it's been long enough. There's grace here in this moment. Five porches. There is grace right here in this moment for you. Listen, it's been long enough. Do you want to get up out of here? That's what Jesus was saying. It's been long enough. Do you want to get up? And I came this morning to kind of stir up and provoke, if you will, some promises that God has laid inside of some of you. That today is going to rise back up again. The enemy has got you in this state of quitting. And believing that you ain't going to accomplish the promise. Or that you're not going to receive the promise. Or that you're not going to be able to walk out the promise. Your life looks a lot like the Israelites. You're right there on the edge of it. All you, you just don't, you keep going in circles. You, you don't know what to do. And God says, you just got to go north. And you're like the man who's, who's laying there with grace around him. My God. But yet, doesn't have the ability to see himself outside of what's bound him for 38 years. And God has put some promises within some of you today. Hallelujah. And I want you to hear me prophetically this morning. You have circled Mount Seir for the very last time. You have laid by the pool for the very last time. And today is the day that you will, that you shall, and that you are going to move forward. Come on, somebody say amen.
Listen, God is not going to allow you to waste one more year in something that he's already delivered you from. He's not going to allow you to waste one more day in something that he's already delivered you from. You need to know you have already been delivered and set free from whatever it is that your mind says that you aren't. It's already done. It's already taken care of. It's time to make a move. Maybe let's say it this way. It's time to make a change. It's time to change some things. Maybe you don't do things the same way that you've always done them. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't think the same things that you've always thought. I don't know what it is for you, but all I know, and all I kept hearing last night, and then Melissa was, I thought she was going to say it when she was up here talking about you are enough, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to start going right into my message. She don't even know. She don't even know the title. But all I've heard is that it's been long enough. It's been long enough. You need to start telling your situation. You need to start telling your own brain. You need to start telling the way your body feels or whatever it may be. You need to start saying, it's been long enough. For that man at the pool of Bethesda, it had been long enough. The days of his paralytic condition were over. He did not know that on that day would be his day. He still tried all over those years. Can you imagine? Listen to me. Can you imagine the amount of disappointment and discouragement? Every day going to bed thinking, I don't even know if it's going to happen tomorrow either. I don't know. And then the next day it doesn't happen. And all of this discouragement Doubt, the unbelief that we talked about earlier, all of these things have just overtaken him. And he has come to the point where he is okay with actually never receiving his healing. But when Jesus walks into the room, Jesus activates the grace that had been surrounding the man all of those years. Oh, my God. See, that's why when, 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 when old school preachers, old, old preachers back in the day would say, just one touch is all you need. Listen, I still believe that. That's not a saying of old. Just one touch of Jesus. Just one touch of Jesus is all we need. One mention of the name of Jesus. Come on, we sang about it this morning. Speak the name of Jesus. There's one mention of the name of Jesus. Everything can change. And it took one encounter with Moses to speak with God. And God says, it's been long enough you've been doing this mess. It's time for you to go north. It's not, in other words, listen to me. It's time for you to go higher than where you've been. 
It's time. Hallelujah.